<laughs> technology. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. How many of you enjoyed the word last week? I know the Lord really, I mean, I thank God for Pastor Andre for asking me to, to, to walk through this message of generosity because it has been such a blessing to me and it has literally unlocked layers of things that I didn't even know or understand about what the Lord um, had to say about generosity. So a quick recap from last week. Um, you know, we dealt with the four keys for living generously, love, sacrifice, belief, and blessing. And if you didn't hear it, uh, you can download the app and you can listen to it. But that was part one. And this week, I'm going to do my best to uh, do a drive-by because it got like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And um, my endeavor is to um, deconstruct the word generosity, um, then flip it on its head so we can zero in and see it from another vantage point. Um, and I'll try to dive in a little closer and actually look into the word generosity as much as I can. Um, but just bear with me today, all right, folks? All right, so from the word, um, I want to start off with the word generosity. And the word generosity comes from the root word gene, G-E-N-E. -E. And in Greek, um, it's genia, meaning generation or race. And, and from the word gene, we also get the word gene, or genetic code, and our genetic code is coiled, compacted. Um, it is a coiled, compacted sequence embedded in your DNA. And it's where our uh, DNA stores all the information about who we are. It's coded, it's a coded letter. I like to say that it's um, written in God scientific language. It's literally our core story. Our genetic code is like a tiny string that is coiled. And if you take a string, a string, and you twist it and you coil it, it, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's like a tiny string that's coiled in a coil, in a coil, in a coil. And if we were to extract it from one cell, it would stretch out to the length about six feet. Right? And, and this, is, this is our gene, our genetic code. If we were to stretch it out from one cell, one tiny cell, microscopic cell, it will roll out to be about six feet in, in length. And if we extracted all the cells from all the cells in our body, it would be about the length of two solar systems. This is how complex we are as beings. And so we also get the word, from the word gene, we get the word genius. And genius is a strong learning or inclination. Um, it's natural intellect or talent. We also get the word general, uh, which is a commander of an army. We get the word generate or generate, which means to beget or to produce. We get the word genesis or genesis, which means nativity. It means to be born. It means the beginning. It means origin. We also get the word genetic or genetic, which is pertaining to origins, genetics, or genes. And we get the word generous, which means of noble birth, race, and stock. It means unselfish and plentiful, um, showing a readiness to give more of something, as in money or time, than is necessary or expected. Showing a readiness to give more of something that is necessary, more than is necessarily or necessary or expected. Um, it means larger or plentiful than is usual or necessary. It means showing kindness towards others. And now the word generosity, which is a compound word between gene and 
um, iti, I-T-Y. I-T-Y on the end of any word means the state, um, the quality, state, or degree of, right? So it is the quality, the state, or the degree of being, gene, unselfish, or plentiful. The word generosity is the quality, state, or degree of being unselfish or plentiful. Generosity is not only power packed with potential, but it is God's heart and he displayed it in the ultimate degree of generosity as, as recanted in John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, God so loved the world that he gave of his substance. He gave his best. God so loved the world that he gave of his substance and he gave his best. So I started to um, take ask a series of questions as I always do. I'm always asking questions. And um, I started to put myself in the context of that scripture so I can uh, start to see and identify what do I love and where am I giving and what do I believe and who am I being a blessing to? Because this is generosity deconstructed. It's love, it's sacrifice, it's faith, it's blessing. So I put myself in the scripture and I said, so Ricardo so loved what? That he gave what? Because he believes what? And wants to be a blessing to who or what? And you know, and it, and it, and it makes me think about our core values here at at um, RCC, which is to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. So not only is God a generous God, but he is generosity. And because we are a product of him, um, that same potential is within us, but it's in us in seed form. And last week I spoke about, um, last, last week we spoke about um, God's character and because he's generous and we, you know, uh, when we're growing up, we can't choose the traits that we get from our parents. But in, on this end, we can choose. God gives us that ability to choose the traits that we want to mirror because he doesn't make us do anything. See, we have it in seed form, but we have to choose the traits that we want. So, God, I want to be generous. The seed of generosity is in us. First point is you are full of seed. Because we have generosity within us, but it's in seed form. The definition of seed, I like to define it as anything that can be sown or planted with reproductive potential. Seed is anything, anything that can be planted or sown with reproductive potential. Genesis 1 and 28 says, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion see the scripture says he blessed them who was adam and eve and and adam and eve were the first man and woman and in them was the seed of potential was the seed of humanity right and he said he blessed them and said be fruitful so now the word fruitful means producing much fruit it means fertile it means producing good or helpful results, and it also means productive. So when God blessed them and said, be fruitful, God said to them, what he was actually saying was, be fruitful, 
produce much fruit, be fertile, produce good or helpful results, be productive. See, and now if God put a demand on your fruitfulness, it is an indicator of what? That you have seed. If God has put a demand on your fruitfulness, it is an indicator that you have seed. You have something to give. It's a command and a demand from God to be fruitful. And when God puts a demand on your fruit, I don't care how barren Abraham's wife was. I don't, I don't care how barren Sarah was or how barren she thought she was. When God said, father of many nations, it indicated that she was going to bear fruit. She was fruitful. She just needed a word from God to cause her womb to come alive. Now, I don't know who today uh, might have been fruitless your entire life. I don't know if you might be in a season of fruitlessness. I don't know if you might be experiencing a fruit shortage at this moment. But I'm here to tell you that God is speaking a word to you right now to the womb of your spirit. And he's saying many nations, many fruit shall come from thy womb. Yeah. I decree and declare your womb to wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. I decree and declare that we are about to walk into the most fruitful season that we have ever seen in our life. You are full of seed. So now with the understanding that you possess seed, what are you going to do? What are you going to give? Because you have something to give. What are you going to do? What are you going to give? Point number two. Everything you give is a seed. Because now that we, we understand that we are packed full of, of seed. We're packed full of potential. Now every, potential. Everything that you give is a seed. A seed, remember, is anything that can be sown or planted that has reproductive potential. Your time is a seed. What you do with your time will reap a harvest. Now, the question is, as, as I always ask questions, what am I doing with my time? How am I spending my time versus how am I investing my time? See, the difference is that spending time doesn't always have the demand that investing your time has. Spending time indicates immediate gratification, but investing time indicates a long-term Return. Yes. What am I doing with my time and how is it benefiting me and how is it benefiting others? God has given us time and had assigned purpose and potential to time. I'm going to say that again. God has given us time and he has assigned purpose and he has assigned potential to time. Time is packed full of purpose and potential. Ecclesiastes verse 3 uh, chapter 3 verse 1 through 8 says there is an opportune time to do things a right time for everything on the earth a right time for birth and another for death a right time to plant and another to reap a right time to kill and another to heal a right time to destroy and another to construct a right time to cry and another to laugh 
A right time to lament and another to cheer. A right time to make love and another to abstain. A right time to embrace and another to part. A right time to search and another to count your losses. A right time to hold on and another to let go. A right time to rip out and another to mend. A right time to shut up and another to speak up. A right time to love and another to hate. A right time to wage war and another to make peace. Your time is a seed. And there is a right time and a right way to use it because how you use it will bring results. There's a right time for birth and when it comes, you use and invest it in giving birth so you can reap the harvest of a child. There's a right time to plant, and when that time comes, you want to get your seed in the ground because it's at its most fertile time. Trying to, try planting a seed in the wrong time, at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. Try planting a seed in the winter. You're not going to get a harvest. It's not even going to penetrate the earth because the time isn't right. When you invest your time at a job or in a career, what do you reap weekly or bi-weekly? A paycheck. Because how you spend and invest your time will do what? It will reap you a harvest. And when you don't perform to standard or are late enough times, where do you think you're going to reap? A pink slip will be your harvest. Right? Because what you do with your time is going to determine... Your harvest. Your time is a seed. You can give, you can sow, you can invest your time into people, into places, into things, and most of all, to God. Amen. God gave us his best. How, now, how do we give God our best time? We give God our best time by prioritizing our time and not waiting to give him what's left. But giving him what's first. Remember last week? We don't have to worry about giving God our last if we give him our first. And when we give God our first, we're giving him our best. We're giving God, and, and this is what I love about giving God time, is that we usually want to give God time after we done gave everybody else time and we don't really got much left. So God, oh, I don't have much of a sudden, what, you know, I'm giving you the rest that I got. Right? How many of us have lived like that? I've lived like that for a very long time. God, this is this is all I got. And God is like, I understand that. He said, but your obedience is better than your sacrifice. Because now you're sacrificing the, the the little bit that you have left. But he said, that's not the that's not your best. That's not your best. That's just leftovers. That's not your best. He's like, give me your best prioritize me first in everything that you do. So before you give to anyone, give to me. Before you do for others, do for me. Prioritizing. It's all about prioritizing. Believe me, when, when he said this to me, I was like, oh, shoot. I got a lot of things to work on. Amen. Because I work, 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 work. And then I'm like, all right, God, now. And God was like, oh, really? Because <laughs> I'm the God that gave you the work. So you and you now you put the work before me. Wow. You probably reprioritize because when you didn't have the work, all you had was me. Wow. So now that you have the work, you put the work first. So the work gets the best of us. 
Say it again. The Come world on. gets the best of us, and we give God the last. The How many of you are tired of saying, giving God your last? My last $20. Well, if you would have given me the best and the prioritized me first, you wouldn't have to worry about giving him That's your last. That's so good. That's good. Come on. So God gave us his best. How do we give God our best time? Prioritizing our time and not wanting to give him what's left, but giving him what's first. Your talent is a seed. Amen. Talent is your athletic, creative, artistic aptitude. It's your special abilities. What do you do with your talent? What you do with your talent will reap a harvest. How am I using my talent? Where am I using my talents? Are my talents bringing glory to me? Or are they bringing glory to God? Now this one messed me up. See, God gave us our talents and abilities. Ephesians 4 chapter, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 to 8 says, However, Christ has given each of us, what? Special abilities. Whatever he wants us to have out of his rich storehouse of gifts. Verse 8, the psalmist tells, about, tells us about this, for he says that when Christ returned triumphantly to heaven after his resurrection and victory over Satan, he gave, what, generous gifts to men. You have a gift, and he gave them to us, and what, they're in seed form. And with practice, training, discipline, and what, time, they develop. But why did he give us these gifts most importantly? And th this part, I was just like, all right, God, like, okay, no problem. All right. Verse 12, I didn't put this, I don't think I put this verse on the, on the screen, but it said, verse 12 says, why is it that he gave us these special abilities to do these things best? And it's so funny because I asked the question before I read the scripture. I'm like, well, why did you give us these abilities? Why is it that he gives us these special abilities to do certain things best? He said, it is that God's people would be equipped to do better work for him, building up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity. Verse 13 says, until we finally all believe alike about our salvation and about our Savior, God's Son, and all become full grown in the Lord's eyes. Not our eyes, not when we think we're mature or when we're done, yeah. but in the Lord's eyes yeah. to the point of being filled full with Christ. Amen. So his intention in giving us these gifts was so that, one, God's people will be equipped to do better work for him. Now let's deconstruct what does better work for him means. Your talent is a seed and he gave it to you to equip you for the work in the field he's called you to. See, sometimes we feel better work for him only means what I do in the church, what I do in the four walls of the building. Sometimes we feel like better work for him only means how I usher or how I greet people. But let's look at it from a bigger perspective. Better work for him, when you think about work, and he's given us a gift to do a work, um, the Bible talks about how the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. The laborers are the one that do the work. Where's the work? In the field. The work is in the field. What is a field? Field is an industry. It's a system. Field is your job. Field is the place of your work. 
Feel is the area that God has planted you to do a work. He said he's given us talents and abilities. Field can be a school. It can be while you're in school, getting your, while your career is in school, getting your education. He said um, your talent is a seed and he gave it to you to equip you for the work in the field he's called you to. So a part of the reason why he's given us our talents is so we can exist in fields. We can exist in systems. We can exist in jobs. You know, whether you're talented, you might be like Brother Ben, you might be highly intelligent, who I consider to be highly intelligent. And you might work in a financial field and have to deal with numbers and have to be able to 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 understand economics. That's a gift because everyone don't got it. And economics is not just money. It's about managing resources. That's a gift. I work in, in the film and television. I, I'm an artist. God didn't make me an artist to work at a bank. Because it takes zero creativity to work at a bank. It's all numbers. Right? But God gave me my gift so I can work in the arts field. Right? He gave me my gift so I can work in the art field. And I want you to think about the gifts that God has given you and where he has called you to work. So, um, so he said for building up the church. So, okay. God's people to be equipped to do better work for him. So the work that we do in our field is for him. It's for him. It's not for us. So, you know, and so I started to say, well, okay, God, well, what, what exactly do you mean? And he brought back to my remembrance that, you know, I'm, 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 I was working um, earlier in March. I was working on a TV show, and there was a young lady that I met. And um, we rode up. We were upstate for two, two days, and, you know, we did a project, a TV project up there. And, you know, I met her. And when I saw her, I was like, she looks so familiar. And I'm like, okay, but everybody looks familiar in this industry. You, you know, you got blonde hair, platinum blonde hair, pixie cut. Black glasses, okay, that's everybody in the, in the fashion industry, right, in the field. And, um, but I was, you know, so we talked and we talked and I realized that I had met her a few weeks before because she came to the last show that I was working on to pick up a washing machine. I'm like, oh my God, it's you. It's so good to see you. She's like, I know, it's good to see you too. So we spent those two days together working. So then now, months later, I'm back on a, I'm on a new show and who do I see on the trunk? The same girl. I'm like, I said, okay, first of all, she, I, she was white. I said, first of all, you my cousin. Like, if, I, if we bumped into each other more than three times, we cousins. So you my cousin. And I'm like, there's a reason. And I'm like, there's a reason. There's a, there's a bigger reason why I'm meeting you again. Because I don't think, it's just because the industry is small, but there's something else. Something about her that, that, that you know, there's, there's something connected. So we're on the show. And, um, you know, she always had a short, short haircut. But then one day, um, I saw that her hair was growing, but she went to the hair and makeup room and they kind of cut more of her hair off. So I was like, okay, and I looked at her and I was like, wow, you know, you cut more off. I said, it looks really good. And so she started to say to me, she said, well, you know, the reason why I cut a little bit more off is because I'm about to go back into treatment for cancer. And, and I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I had no idea that you were going through this. And then she, a few days later, she shaved it all off. So I said to her, I said, you know what? We didn't meet just to be meeting. I said, let, let, I'm going to call you. I said, I'm going to call you and I'm going to pray with you before you go into treatment. And I called her. We prayed. And this is while, because um, by that time I had already left to go to work, go work in the Hamptons. So I was in the Hamptons working and I said, I'm going to call you. I'm going to be away, but I'm going to call you. I'm going to pray with you. Called her, pray with her. You know, she accepted the Lord. She told me about her experience wow. in church. She is from Philadelphia. Wow. 
So she was like, are you from Philly? I was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm actually a pastor. She was like, I knew there was something. She said, I knew there was something. I, I knew there was something. You're just so spiritual. and you're too. Mind you, we don't talk about anything about God. Right. So saying all that to say it was necessary for me to meet her in that field. And she is a part of my work. God used my gift and my talent, right? And this is where God gets the glory because I can get the glory and say, oh, I worked on this show and I worked on that show and I worked with that celebrity and I worked with that celebrity. That's glory to me. That's no glory to God. But the fact that I was able to encounter someone, see, the Bible said that Jesus must needs go through Samaria and he was detoured, right, off of where he was going and he took another route and met a woman that was at a well that needed to be encountered by Jesus. See, so your work, right, your work, the work in your field, giving God glory is finding the assignment in the work. Wow. Finding the assignment in the work. Because, see, sometimes as much as we may not want to be where we are, right, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus must needs go through Samaria. That trip was not scheduled. He didn't have that trip scheduled, but he was detoured to meet a woman at a well. And that one encounter, that one conversation he had with her, right, changed her entire life. And she left. Listen, she didn't have to go through 12 days of purification. She didn't have to go through 15 hours of deliverance. That one conversation that she had with Jesus set her on course for her destiny. And she left that conversation and went to preach. Right from the conversation, right from the encounter, she went and started preaching the gospel. Yes. From one conversation. See the power, the power of, of, of the gift, the, the power of understanding why God has given you the gift and why he has you in a field. It's more than just the gift. So God's people will be equipped to do better work for him. Better quality work for him. Your talent is a seed and he gave it to you to equip you for the work in the field he has called you to. The second point is he's given you the talent for building up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity. So he didn't say the church building. He said the church. He said the body. And he said the body of Christ. To help strengthen and mature the body and the body is people, wherever they may be. So he gave us the gift to strengthen and mature the body. Some of the body might be in the world. Some of the, of the body might be in your field. Some of the body might be in on your job. Some of the body might be in our families. Some of the body might be, well, obviously in the actual church building. Some of the body is in the community. He's given us the gift to build up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity. Until And the next part is until we finally all believe alike about our salvation. So it's about being the salt and the light. It's about getting people to know Christ and strengthening the body. When we don't use our gifts for his glory, we cause weakness and immaturity in the body of Christ. Because the purpose of the gift is to bring strength. And maturity, and when we don't use it or when we misuse it, we are the cause of weakness and immaturity in the body of Christ. When we don't use it, we become weak and immature in the body of Christ. So everything that you do in your job, in the field, in your field, 
and your community with your gift should bring glory to God, which means what? Be on time, which means what? Be moral, which means what? Be great at what you do. Don't be mediocre. Be the best. And this is not pressure to say you have to be perfect. But be the best at what you do. Study your craft till people will call on you from all over to, 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 to experience your craft. Be the best at what you do. If you're going to count numbers, be the best number counter you can be. Amen. If you're going to be a musician, be the best musician yeah. you can be. Yes. Yes. If you're going to be an artist, be the best artist. If yes. you're going to be a banker, be the best banker. If you're going to write, be the best writer you can be. It means being moral, being great at what you do, serving your church. Serving your community, serving your city, your talent is a seed. And as you use it for his glory, you reap the harvest of what? Personal strength and maturity. Amen. When you sow your talent as a seed, you reap the harvest of personal strength and maturity. And you add strength and maturity to the body of Christ. Because as you strengthen and mature, you are bringing that strength and maturity to the body. You're bringing it to other people. You're bringing it to everything that you do. Your resource, not only your ta time and talent is a seed, but your resource is a seed. The scripture says, honor the Lord with thy substance or resource. And with the what? First fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. The definition of resource. Resource is a stock or supply of materials, information, people, or money that can be used to cause something or someone to function effectively. I'm going to say it again. Resource. Your resource is a seed. Your resource is a stock or supply. What you have in abundance of materials, of information, of people, of money that can be used to cause something or someone to function effectively. So that means your resource helps things function better. Going back to Genesis, he said, what? Well, be fruitful. Then he said, what? Uh, multiply. Then he said, what? Well, replenish. The word replenish means to refill. It means to restock. It means to restore. It means to replace. It means to put things in order. It means to put things back the way it should have been. Your resource is connected to replenishing. Your resource will put things back the way that it should be. Generosity doesn't say, I can't. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's not generosity. Generosity says, here's what I can do. Our materials, materials, right? Because your, your resources, our resources are stock of su or supply of materials, information, people, money. So materials, being generous with my materials means I'm going from I see a need and I say I can make this. I can give this one a ride. I can bring this. That's what it means to be generous with your materials. I see a need and I can make this. I see that there's something that needs. I can make this. 
I see that there's a need. Oh, I can give this one a ride. Or I can bring this. That's how you be generous with your materials. That's the language. The language for being generous with information is I see a need and I can talk about this. Or I can share this. Or here's a better way we can do this. Or I have experience in this area and I'd like to offer wisdom and guidance in this. Generous with information. Generous with people. Oh, I know a guy. It's New York. I know a guy. What you need? Oh, I know a guy. (laughs) I know a guy. The language, I see a need and I know a guy that can help out with that. I know someone who can contribute to this. This is what it means. The language for being generous with with people. Being generous with money. I see a need and I'd like to give into this. I see a need and I'd like to take care of this bill. I see a need and how can I financially support That's what it means to be generous. That's the language to be generous with money. And this is for people everywhere. Matthew 13 and 3 says, a farmer planted seeds. In the message version, it says, a sower went forth to sow. And Jesus was giving a parable or or an illustration about sowing and planting. And in this illustration, he was referring to seed as information. It was the message of the kingdom. He said a, a soul went out to sow seed and, and that seed that he sown, it fell on different types of ground. He was talking about being generous with information. He was talking about planting information. And he said that information that went out, everybody did not receive it. The grounds were their heart. So everyone wasn't able to receive the information because of the condition and state of their heart. Just like today, everyone won't be able to receive the word that's going forth today based on the condition of your heart don't spend your time but invest your time your resource is a seed and when you plant and sow your resources the scripture says what in verse um in verse 13 the scripture says so shall thy barns be filled with plenty so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy press shall burst out with new wine There is increase locked up in your resource. You can stand to your feet. Your generosity was given to you by God in seed form. Generosity is his nature. And because generosity is God's nature, it's our nature. How many of you want to be more generous? Listen, this, this message... As, as I go deeper and as I read more and as, as I get deeper into the scripture, I'm just seeing things unlock and unfold. And I'm like, oh my God, I thought that I was generous. But it's another thing when you understand the intention behind it. It's another thing when God opens up the dimension of what something really looks like so you can see it. Literally, it's like God is taking the word generosity and says all right this is this is what your idea of what generosity was let me take you through it let me flip it let me show you what it looks like from this vantage point underneath let me show you what it looks like looking down from the left and from the right let me take you into the the bible talks about how the love of god has height and it has depth and it has breadth and it has width this dimension to his word this dimension to his love there is dimension to his generosity If you don't take anything else from this this message today, I want you to remember that your time, your talent, and your resources are a seed. 
and God has said that we are packed full of seed. So I don't want anyone to ever feel like they don't have something to give. The Bible says that he, God called us and he, he, he commanded us to be fruitful. So that means we have seed. And because we have seed, that means we have something to give. We have something to be generous with. So now our work, because see, there's a work that we have to do now. We 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 have a work to do. So now we have to do now it through prayer and through wisdom and through counsel and through reading, we gotta figure out, okay, God, now what seed did you give me? What what seed do I have in abundance? And, and what do I do with this seed? How do I give this seed? Where do I give this seed? Because we have to be a steward over the seed that God has given us. We have to be good stewards. How do I be a good steward with my time? How do I be a good steward with my money? How do I be a good steward with the resources that you have given me? I don't want to misuse the time. I've wasted so much time in my life. I've wasted so much time doing things and, putting, and giving into things that I don't even believe in. How do I redeem the time? The Bible says that he will restore the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the caterpillar, the years that you've wasted, God said, I will restore that time. You may have wasted time. He said, I will restore that time. He said, I'll restore, I will redeem the time. Some of us, we've wasted our resource and, it, and it's like, God, you've given me all of this information and you've given me materials and I've used them for my own benefit. I've wasted them. Do you know that? You can do two things with a seed. You can eat a seed or you can plant a seed. Amen. And when you eat the seed, do you try to eat a seed? Tell me if you get full off of eating the seed. Does eating a seed satisfy your hunger? Eat, try eating one seed. Are you, you think you're still going to be hungry afterwards? Yeah. Right? So why don't we eat our seed? Why do we not plant our seed? Because see, if I eat a seed, all I have is a seed. But if I plant a seed, remember a seed has enterprising potential. You see it as a seed. But there's enterprising potential, and I say it all the time, that one seed becomes a tree. That one tree bears fruit, and in that fruit there's more seeds. So I think of an apple, right? An apple seed, an apple seed will give me an apple tree, and that apple tree will give me apples, and from those apples I can make apple sauce. From those apples I can make apple chips. From those apples I can make apple cider vinegar. From those apples I can make so many products, I can make so many things. That can be a blessing to the world. But we have to plant the seed. We rebuke fear, the spirit of fear that comes to hold us back from planting a seed. Come on, God has given you something to plant. He has given you something to plant. And I pray that even as we stand here in the house today, that God begins to shake your spirit. That he begins to shake your life. And everything that has been corroding the seed, everything that has been corrupting the seed, everything that has been holding you back from planting your seed, that God, hallelujah, that the anointing will break the yoke, that it will destroy the yoke and lift the burden. I decree and declare that the seed is coming to the surface. For some of us who, who don't know what seed we have to get, the seed is coming to the surface. 
The seed is coming to the surface. God is going to speak to you in your dream. God is going to begin to reveal and unfold. He's going to begin to reveal and unfold. He's going to begin to reveal and unfold the seed that he has given you to give. He's going to reveal and he's going to unfold. He's going to start shaking things up so the good stuff can come to the top. I see him shaking things up. It's almost like I see a sifter. I see a sifter. He's sifting out all the dirt. He's sifting out all the things that are hindering you from giving your seed, from planting your seed. Come on. Your time is a seed. Come on. Your resources is a seed. Come on, your talent is a seed. And God puts a demand on it. He puts a demand. He commands us and demands a return on his seed. And ROI, a return on his investment. He said, be fruitful. He said, multiply. He said, replenish. He said, subdue. Then he said, have dominion. But see, we can't get to dominion until we plant the seed. We can't get to dominion until we plant the seed. See, come on, we can't get to where we want to go until we plant the seed. Whatever that seed is, if it's seed of time, you want a degree. The degree represents dominion. But you can't get that degree until you enroll in school. You can't get that degree until you go to the financial aid office. You can't get that degree until you get your books. You can't get that degree until you spend time studying. You can't get that degree until you hand in your work on time. You cannot get that degree until you pass your class. Your time is a resource. That time, that time will reap the harvest of a degree. Some of us want to be in a better place financially. Some of us want to be in a better place spiritually. We have to identify the seed and we got to plant the seed in faith. Hallelujah. Father, we pray today. Uh, Father, we pray, we pray, we pray, God, that you would cause us to identify the seed that you've given us. Uh, God, so we can be generous. Hallelujah. We know that generosity, Lord God, generosity is motivated by love. We know that generosity, Lord God, is by sacrifice. We know generosity comes by belief. And generosity is that we might be a blessing to others, God. Keep us cognizant, Lord God. Keep us, Lord, in a place where we are open to hear your direction. Where we are open to the move of your spirit, where we are open to what you're doing, God, where we don't fight your will. We don't want to fight your will. We don't want to fight your process. We submit to your will. We submit to your process. We submit, Lord God, to what you're doing in us. We want to be more generous. We want to be more like you. We want to be generous. We want to give because we understand that the word says it's better to give than to receive. Father, we want to give of our time, of our talent, and our resource to the things that you have called us to give to. I decree and declare that in this moment, in the next few days, in the next few hours, the next few moments, the next few weeks, the next few months, that we will begin to see the greatest fruitful time of our lives as we receive the word. The Bible says that some received the word and got a hundredfold return. The Bible says that some received the word and got a 30, 30 fold return and a 60 and a hundred 
people will return. We thank you, God, that because the word is falling on good ground and we're going to do the work. Because it's falling on good ground and we're committed to doing the work. God, that we will see an hundredfold harvest, but we have to commit to doing the work. Sometimes we put it off on God to do everything, but we have a work to do. Not only in our own lives, but we have a work to do in this city. We have a work to do in this state. We have a work to do in this country. Just don't ever feel like what you're doing is not seen. Don't ever feel like your, your desires that God has given you. Don't feel like nobody's seeing it. Don't feel like it doesn't, it doesn't mean, it may mean anything or that it won't be effective. There is a space for you in the field. There's a space for you in the field and a specific place that God has called you to. A place of influence. A place where you will be able to give him glory. Not just about a pretty face, but if it takes a pretty face to get in the place, then that's what it's going to take. And God has given it to you so you can be of influence in the place that he has called you to go. So be encouraged and keep letting him use you. And keep letting him pull you and keep letting him draw you to a place. Because it doesn't make sense to people and it doesn't have to make sense to people. As long as you understand and as long as you know that you won't be moved and you're willing to do the work. You're willing to do the work. And because you're willing to do the work, God said that you have a harvest that is on the way. Hallelujah, Father, we just bless you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for what you're doing in us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. You're amazing. You're so amazing. You're so amazing. There's none like you. Thank you for revealing your word. Thank you for showing us your heart. And for this, we'll forever give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the mighty matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Jesus, we love you, Lord.